You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to issue six. I got that right this time of the Bow Down to Us Comics Edition podcast. This is Vince coming to you on Wednesday, September 8th with my trusty sidekick as always, Roger. What's up, buddy? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. I'm a little bit sick still, but uh, I am surviving. How about yourself? Hey, I can't complain, big guy. So uh, we're just going to dive right on in this week because I know I'm excited to talk about our first title. I certainly hope you are because we have been going nuts about this title for I think this is our fourth show now where we've talked about it, which is pretty impressive because it's only its third issue. And that is, of course, Shadowland. We had issue number three come out last week and I was continually blown away by it. They take everything we saw in the first two issues and have built upon it and they just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. I can't wait for issue four. In this one, we see Moon Knight and Ghost Rider wreaking havoc down in the dungeons. We have an absolute battle royale going on in Daredevil's throne room between all the heroes and all of his associates. Punisher comes in out of nowhere with one of the greatest one-liners of the year. (laughs) And all hell is breaking loose in Hell's Kitchen. They have taken this thing to the extreme, and I can't even begin to imagine where they're going to go with these next two issues. What I especially liked here was the fact that what we've been talking about for so long now, we're in, he is not powerful enough to take on all these guys. It doesn't make sense that they would, it, this would be that difficult. It's finally being explained. So now as I'm reading it, that, 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 lost credibility all of a sudden is there and you're like ah okay this is making sense now and not only is it making sense but it's pretty it's pretty damn cool so yeah no everything in this issue was just made of win and you're right that punisher kung fu this and that entire panel was just phenomenal he must have had a blast doing the art for that because it was just fantastic Yeah. I mean, so yeah, as you said, they start explaining exactly why Daredevil is so powerful and also becoming so corrupted and why it's so important. Because for weeks now, not weeks, months now, not just in Shadowland, but also in Daredevil's solo title, which I have to give Marvel credit for. This is the first time I've read Daredevil in years. I haven't cared about this character since Brubaker stopped writing him. So I loved Shadowland so much, I've gone out of my way to actually look for the Daredevil issues that tie into it now. Some great story development in there. But all we kept hearing is about how the Hand wants to corrupt Matt Murdock. They need Matt Murdock to be a suitable vessel, and they never explained it. They're just like, oh, he's corrupted. Yeah, that's great. That's falling into the Hand's plans. Until now, we never knew what those plans were. So now that it looks like Daredevil's side of the equation is starting to outweigh the heroes by a vast amount with this new power he's tapped into, now we have to see how the heroes counteract that. It's this incredible game of one-upsmanship. Like, okay, it's just Daredevil and a couple ninjas, so we'll send in 10 heroes. Like, oh, okay, you send 10 heroes, I'm going to tap into demonic powers. (laughs) Like, oh, you've got demonic powers? We've got crap what have we got 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's going to come to the point now where I'm, I'm assuming the next couple of issues are really going to be showing the big boys coming in to help. Although that being said, again, I mean, Spider-Man is supposed to be one of the big boys in this it, for Marvel, and I mean, you're seeing him beaten here. Now, granted, I got the feeling that he because he didn't actually get to tackle Daredevil. He was beaten by one of the the hench well hench women um it just that seemed a little too easy kind of thing but well yeah she didn't beat him up she lit his lit him face on, on fire, fire. <laughs> yeah come on he's spider-man <laughs> suck it up buddy you got a mask but um but no like all of the the um all of that stuff there, wherein it's explained again why he is as powerful as he is, and getting the impression that we ain't seen nothing yet, it's going to get even worse. And then the entire plot twist of going after Bullseye to oh, yeah. revive him and add him to his his ranks. At that point, you're really getting. Um, at that point, you're really seeing the depths that he has sunk and how much he's no longer Matt Murdock. Because up until then, yeah, he was driven. He was um, he was doing things that were immoral, certainly. But he he had killed Bullseye. He wasn't looking to bring him back to to use him. It was it was still he was trying to clean up. New York, essentially. Now that we're seeing this, however, now we're seeing a far more twisted Matt Murdock, far more twisted. I mean, when you're starting to want to, you know, revive the person that you killed because they were too dangerous and because you wanted revenge, now we're seeing something that is really, again, that's something that the, the heroes mentioned as well, too. We're not dealing with Matt Murdock anymore. Yeah, that was such a great line when he was talking about digging up Bullseye. It's like, I never should have buried him. It was a waste of good material. Yeah. <laughs> not, even, not even, you know, a person. He's just an object at this point. And I'm so glad to see them bringing Bullseye back into this. Because one of my theories early on was that Bullseye knew Daredevil was going to kill him and that he wasn't actually dead. You know, it seemed like it was too much of a setup. And that's still possible. But, you know, now we know he actually was killed dead in the ground. But I'm glad to see them bring him back because Bullseye has been one of Marvel's breakout characters over the last couple of years. When they brought him in with the Thunderbolts and then later the Dark Avengers working underneath Norman Osborn, pretending to be Hawkeye of all people. So much fun. He has just been a the, all the writers have just been having a blast writing Bullseye because before he was like, oh, OK, he's just a psycho. He's nuts. He kills people. But they've added all these great character twists on top of him. And he's I'm so glad to see him coming back because a Marvel Universe without Bullseye is a little more boring than it was with him. Right. And it is going to be interesting to see the development on Daredevil's team again because of the other new addition that crops up at the end of the issue as well. So it's going to be interesting to see now the, um, I don't know if you want to spoil this or not, but it's going to be interesting to see the interactions between them as well now. Yeah, we can go ahead and say it. It's Electra. We already ruined the big surprise of Bullseye, so why not? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know which is the bigger surprise at this point. But no, yeah, no, I, I again, it's everybody. Everybody knows that history. So it's going to be interesting to see now the dynamic between those two, considering the change in him. Yeah, not to mention that Electra is the one that's actually going to help him bring Bullseye back from the dead by the looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Shadowland, still awesome. But the title that we're really going to focus on this week is the recent relaunch of the Wolverine. I'm going to call it a franchise at this point because he has become a franchise in and of himself. 
So we have seen a lot, and I mean a lot, of Wolverine in recent months and years. Currently, he is a featured character on two Avengers teams, both new and original. Uncanny X-Men, regular X-Men. He has his own monthly title. He has Uncanny X-Force coming out uh, next month, actually. And not to mention, he pops up in at least one or two other comics every month. He, it, it's getting to the point where, like I said a couple shows ago, the entire Marvel Universe is just oversaturated with Wolverine. He's everywhere. You can't you cannot walk into a comic store without seeing 10 ugly Canadian faces looking at you. That's not without even being in Canada. Hey, 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 now. The other thing to wor- that's worth mentioning, though, is that it's not just him, but also his son, as well as X-23. They're really, really pushing... Uh, not just the Wolverine IP so much as the the you know the the family of Wolverine IP. So you you see it everywhere. Yeah, I I want to go back to Wolverine's history a bit and how we t- uh, I've said several times of going all the way back to the Dark Phoenix saga. They wanted to kill off Wolverine. Nobody at Marvel liked him. The fans didn't like him. They wanted to kill him off. So Chris Claremont's artist, John Byrne, refused to let the one high-profile Canadian character in Marvel die. So Claremont and Byrne gave one last shot, and that's where you see that great panel of Wolverine down in the sewers of the Hellfire Club, one of the most iconic panels of Marvel history. For their recent 70th anniversary, they actually picked that issue as one of the top 10 comics in the history of Marvel which is huge when you consider, you know, the premiere of Spider-Man, the premiere of the Fantastic Four, stuff like that. And you get Wolverine being bad. <laughs> so Wolverine suddenly become this very popular character. Uh, Claremont started spinning him off into his own solo titles. We see a lot of the character development of Wolverine, seeing his, you know, his samurai days and how he's still a beast. But he, you know, he tries to have some honor about it. He doesn't hide the fact that he's a killer. He, but he also doesn't go around trying to just be a good guy. He tries to do good things, but when he says he's the best he is at what he does and what he does isn't nice, he's not lying. So when Claremont left Marvel in the 90s, Wolverine's character development pretty much stopped in 1993. 17 years later, he's the same Wolverine now that he was then. It's like no writer has really known what to do with him. And they, they, so they just send him out and just have him start killing people. That That's basically every Wolverine story that I've read over the last several years. It's him just going around killing people for seemingly no reason. See, I've actually been reading um, a number of Wolverine titles as well on the iPad. I got a, a, a whack of Wolverine titles, tie-ins, all manner of things. And because I actually remember when the character I was reading when the character came out I I, I remember downloading uh, not sorry I shouldn't say downloading it was a long time ago I remember buying the um, the the original series when it had first come out as well not just in the X-Men but his very first solo miniseries that he'd had I remember buying those and having them in the first print those are actually some of the ones that I made a little bit of money on when I sold my collection but so the character was likable not just because he was Canadian that was cool but at the time he was likable he was different than anybody else he was a little edgier too which was fun for you to read Um, but now I'm reading through a lot of the titles that were that have been released since then and i'm really not enjoying a lot of them they're they're the same thing 
all the time. It's just like you're saying, there's no character development. I mean, I've again, I've been reading some where it's just a waste of paper. Um, I read one which was just a one shot of him in, a, in a, uh, the Hulk series as well, which is that's the classic Wolverine versus Hulk kind of thing. And it was terrible. It was actually terrible. And so I'd like to read something that has a lot more development in it for him. And see, and even his big, high-profile, really successful stories over the years haven't had much to them. Uh, a couple years ago, we saw Wolverine Evolution, which was the final climactic battle between Wolverine and Sabretooth. You know, the the matchup for, I'd say, even more iconic than the Hulk is Wolverine versus Sabretooth. And they got a lot of character development in there about the backstory and the history between the two, not just between Logan and Sabretooth, but how their two uh, spirits or I don't want to say they've been reincarnated, but the story has played out several times over the millennia. And they introduced this new character, Romulus, you know, overseeing everything that had ever happened in Wolverine's life. And it just it was a huge point in Wolverine's story development but it just wasn't good like they carried this romulus weight over their shoulders for years until wolverine origins when they just basically disappeared him for lack of a better term they went okay romulus huge big epic story that we're setting up the big battle between romulus and wolverine and wolverine punks out and just traps romulus away in another dimension so that whole big character arc just fell flat on its face. Honestly, the only actual Wolverine story I've enjoyed in the last couple years was the Old Man Logan story by uh, Mark Millar. It was published in Wolverine uh, somewhere in the 70s of his most recent uh, title, and it's set in this alternate future where all the heroes are dead. Wolverine and Hawkeye and a couple others are the only ones that are still around. And it was really fun. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that near the end of the show. But that was the o- the only good Wolverine story I've read in a long time was, for lack of a better term, a what if. Actually, ironically, I saw that because that's advertised at the end of this issue as well. And so I noticed that and I was going to ask you if it was worth picking up because it does look interesting and it would be something a little different than what we've been seeing all of this time. Yeah. So getting into the actual relaunch of Wolverine, last week we saw the release of two Wolverine issues. One, a one shot Road to Hell, which I couldn't tell you how it was because I didn't look at it. And the actual Wolverine number one. This is probably Wolverine's fourth relaunch, but uh, who cares? It's Wolverine number one. And this is a big issue I've been having with Marvel lately. We see it. We saw it with Avengers. We saw it with X-Men. I think there was a couple other off the top of my head that I'm forgetting at the moment. But they can't do an issue number one right. When you come out with something that has number one on the cover... You have to come out swinging with the biggest, baddest thing you can. You have to make that special. When X-Men number one launched in 93, it was a huge spectacle. It was a gigantic issue, tons of story, characters, artwork. It was what you would expect an issue one to be and probably the standard that every issue one since then is being held up to. So in Wolverine issue number one, we see Wolverine for three pages, (laughs) three pages of Wolverine. And then we deal with John Wraith, a cool character. I liked, you know, what they did with him. And then we spend some time with his girlfriend and Mystique. No, no. if you're selling me Wolverine number one, it better be a freaking Wolverine comic, not Wolverine's girlfriend. Not just that, but 
Okay, and granted, this may be because I'm, of the two of us, the comic noob, it didn't make sense. Like a no, lot it of it. it <laughs> okay, good, because I'm reading this and I'm going, what in the hell is going on? Because it literally made no sense. And, you know, the, the big title for this whole story arc is Wolverine Goes to Hell. So at, at the very last page, we finally see, oh, Wolverine's in hell. In case you haven't read any Marvel comic in the last six months where they've been publishing this ad of Wolverine Goes to Hell. Oh, the big reveal is that he goes to hell. We, we knew that. <laughs> we we want to find out why and how and what's going on. It, it, this just does not give anybody a reason to pick up issue number two. Exactly. That's exactly it. Wait, I've said it often now. Whenever I am picking up these comic books, if if something is not holding me immediately enough that I'm dying to read the next issues, I don't care if it's a Wolverine. I don't care if it's a an IP that I really like, characters that I really like. If if I know that you know this writer and and this artist are going to be working on this for X amount of months whatever and that this is what i have to look forward to during that time then i'm not going to waste my my time or money on it it's it's simply not worth it yeah and i just want to touch really quick on the artist i I have never heard of this guy before and upon a first viewing of this comic i was like wow this is like you know really vibrant art lots of lots of cool stuff going on you know the characters have good you know good action poses and good detail but then upon looking through it a second time i noticed something and i i want you to look at it right now with me Find how many times in this entire comic a character has their mouth closed. Every single time a character is on panel, whether they're talking or not, either their top lips have disappeared or they have the worst dental problems I've ever seen in my life. It's like the artist is really good at drawing teeth, but not really good at drawing lips. It's so funny. Actually, you're right. (laughs) I'm looking through it right now. See, see what I noticed was that... um, Wolverine looks way older in this. I mean, look at the wrinkles on this guy. One of the things, the reason why he is as old as he is, is because of the healing factor. That, I mean, they, they said it in the movie, too, where it's hard to determine just how old he is because of the healing. And so when you're seeing him here, and he looks like he could be in his 70s in some shots, like he's full of wrinkles, and you're thinking... that would have healed. I mean, he, you wouldn't have wrinkles. And so I, it really stood out for me. It was, it, it looked like an old man Wolverine. Well, they, they have mentioned in a previous Wolverine story arc that his healing factor is not as powerful as it used to be. So maybe I'll chalk that one up to artistic interpretation. Uh, If you get the chance to draw Wolverine, in Wolverine's own series, I can understand you wanting to draw Wolverine how you want to draw him. Of all the artistic issues in this comic, that's the least of my problems. Like I said, it, every character just has this stupid look on their face in almost every panel. It's like they have drugged out eyes and it's 1990s Rob Liefeld all grimacing all the time looks on their mouths. It's just really it. it I can't not see it now. I said the first time I wasn't really paying that much attention to it because I just wanted to read through it for the story. But on a second viewing, I was like, what is this? What have they done to these people's faces? Yeah, no, I wasn't crazy about the art myself. I mean, it's not that it's bad per se, but it's not a style that I really enjoy all that much. I mean, when you compare it to a lot of other um, comics that I've been reading lately and whatnot, this is 
nowhere near as good as some of the stuff that I've gotten to see. Again, it's not that it's bad, but there are definitely some quirks that you can see the artist has a trouble with this kind of things. And the again, the the there's far too much in different faces as well. It's not just the open mouth that you're having a problem with. Um, but he likes putting a lot of lines on people's faces as well. And you'll notice that in a lot of different shots. And it's like he was one of these guys that, you know, he was a teenager in the 90s and he really grew up reading, you know, the Rob Liefeld comics, which Rob Liefeld is pretty universally one of the worst great artists in comic history. This guy has made millions of dollars by some of the absolute worst art on the planet. I don't even want to get into that right now. I, I want to move on. I want to move on because I could do an entire podcast about Rob Liefeld. So coming out of Wolverine, like we said previously, it's not just a relaunch of Wolverine himself, but his entire family of books. And family is a perfect word because we see his biological son, Dokken getting his own title. Uh, he had basically taken over the actual Wolverine at around issue 80 or so, and it, they changed the title to Dark Wolverine. But then we also get one that I know you are oh, very yeah. eagerly yes. anticipating and another series of X-23. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your love for Wolverine's cloned, quote unquote, daughter? I think what I like about it, too, is that you, you've taken um, a type of character which, you know, the, the Wolverine type of character and slapped it in a completely different body with different abilities and a much different past. We, we're, we're tired. I know I am. I'm tired of hearing about Wolverine's past now. And I know that so much of it was shrouded in mystery and this and that, but we get the whole Weapon X thing. It's been done to death. I don't want to read that again. I'm tired of reading that. So here when you're getting this character, however, that is put through hell, literally, when you're reading what she goes through in those miniseries and trained as this emotionless killing machine so there's this far different backstory to her that is just as emotionally engaging that you can't wait to see how she's going to deal with whatever situation she's presented in and that that wondering when she's going to snap or if she's going to snap which is the same kind of thing that you get from wolverine so i i really really loved the writing in those two series. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to read this. Now, that being said, I don't know if the same writer is working on this. I don't think so because it says here who Mary Marjorie, Marjorie Lou. Lou. Yeah. So that's not the same person working on it. So it's going to be interesting to see what she does with this. But if, if she can stay true to the character and just, and we get to see a lot a lot more character development then it's it's going to be a series made of win as far as i'm concerned because again there's so much to use in that backstory now yeah i i, I don't know too much myself because it's not something i've read although i've heard fantastic reviews and glowing praise about all of it but uh there was another series that x23 was a major character and it was called nyx and i believe lou was the writer on that title i know she's been previously involved with x23 in a writing capacity somewhere i just can't remember exactly where i shall have to check that out because yeah. i i it, it, let me put it to you this way i'm so engaged by this character that i'm willing to pick up anything that she's in just hoping that it will be as rewarding as those miniseries were yeah and, and she's just a cool character for the reason alone of that 
she wasn't created in the comics. Her first official appearance was in the X-Men Evolution cartoon. And the Marvel writers saw that character and went, wow, that's a really cool character. Oh, I Can didn't we know use that. her? Yeah. Well, her, her first appearance was in the animated series, which had nothing to do with the comics. Well, she was just in um, the Wolverine and the X-Men series as well. However, there were multiple clones of her as well. But I mean, that's the same thing as Batman Beyond, which did not start as a comic book. It was a studio who created the idea. And now we're seeing the amazing comic book. So uh, definitely look out for X-23 later on this month. I'm not sure exactly which week. I'm a terrible host, but it's definitely coming out uh, before the next issue of Wolverine, which we're not going to read. <laughs> so as usual, we're going to wrap up with this week's releases. Uh, please note they are not today's releases because of Labor Day in America. The comics are actually coming out on Thursday this week. And the first one is one that is new to me. It's from Boom Studios, who is underneath the Disney slash Marvel banner now, and it's called Irredeemable. We have issue 17 coming out this week. I have heard such great things about this comic. It's written by Mark Wade, and it's essentially a story we've we've seen before of Superman has gone nuts. You know, the the superpowered being that is untouchable by anyone has lost it and decided to become evil overlord instead of uh, benevolent protector. And while it's a story concept we've seen before, the way this is executed is just perfect in every way. Um, I've been picking up some back issues here and there. Uh, I'm catching up to number 17, but I really wanted to point it out to anybody who's listening to really check this comic out. I'm loving it. And then we also have uh, Green Lantern 57. We have two issues of Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man this week. We have issue 640, the last chapter of One Moment in Time, and issue 641, the first chapter of Origin of the Species, ending off their huge brand new day uh, thing they've got going on. We have Daredevil 510 tying into Shadowland. I will definitely be anticipating that one. Invincible Iron Man 30, New Avengers 4, Thanos Imperative 4, another one near the top of my list at least. Yeah. Eh. X-Men <laughs> issue three and the paperback edition of the Old Man Logan series. Uh, this had been out for a couple months now in the hardcover, but those hardcovers are freaking expensive. So now that it's out in paperback, it should be available for somewhere in the $20 range. I highly recommend this one to anyone. It was so much fun. And it has, in my opinion, one of the biggest oh crap moments I've ever <laughs> read. I, I'm not going to ruin it. And you have that great plot twist moment. And at the end of one of the issues, you have a two page spread. It's nothing but black background with red letters. And it says snicked of Wolverine <laughs> popping his claws. And that two pages is one of the coolest things I've ever read. Just because of the, the, the place it happens in the story and all the buildup, I'm not going to ruin it. But I read that and I had to stifle a cry of yeah, coming out of my mouth, jumping off the couch when I read it. Okay, so, hold on. Which one was that again? Which which issue was that? I don't remember the exact issue okay. numbers, but it's the Old Man Logan collection. Okay. All right, good. Um, I did get a chance to actually read the first two of the new X-Men, and actually I quite enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to this third one. 
nothing phenomenal, not like great drama drama story, but it's what I want from an X-Men story. It's just fun is what I, it's like a popcorn vampire movie is essentially what it is, but it's fun. I was, I enjoyed it. Oh, and by the way, you missed one as well. My issue of Dragon Age, the next one is at the comic store waiting for me. I got my call. So that came out this week as well. Issue four. I didn't have that one on my list. Wow. Okay. But yes, make sure to pick it up, folks. All right. Well, uh, thank you. And that's it for issue number six of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. I got the number right this time. I can't believe I said issue three last week, but uh, we'll let that slide. (laughs) Well, I'm not letting it slide. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks and be sure to tune in next week. It was funny because I didn't pick up on it as I was doing the editing. No, because you you would... You would have killed me for it if you caught it live. You would have oh, not yeah. stopped laughing. No, but even when I was editing, but again, I'm on cold medicine and everything. So I was just editing and, and stuff like that. But then it's when I, I always, after I upload it, I make sure to go and listen that it's the proper one, that it's linked right. Um, and so I'm listening and it's, and you say issue number three and I'm going, no, because I'm listening to the beginning. I'm going, no, it's not. That's the five son of a. So yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Crap. It's like, no, you didn't screw up. Our host screwed up. <laughs> uh, you're sounding a little better today, so that's I, uh, uh, something on the right oh, track. You're going to have... <laughs> we're going to start back in a moment. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, son of a... And it's one of those, this is an important message. You have won a trip to the freaking Caribbean. I I was trying to mute the phone, but it wasn't working. Sorry about that. Give me one second here. Son of a... I'm sorry, man. No problem. (laughs) I'm still medicated, all right? So I'm going, how the the hell do you mute this again? (laughs) All right. I'm just turning it right off. Let me put the headset back on. Jesus. Sorry, man. Threw off your groove there. Yeah, that, that was actually a good intro. Well, I mean, I can, I can, we can splice from the moment I start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Go from there.